You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. This evening, we have a dynamic duo, Zoha and Hannah, the co-founders of Her Education. They founded Her when they were both just 14 years old. Her is a nonprofit that provides and creates sustainable libraries for underfunded girls' schools in developing countries. Hi, Zoha and Hannah. Hi. How are you all today? Very good. Good, good. Well, you all are honorary millennials, even though I think you're Gen Z. We are, yeah. But we are all family. So <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. Yeah, thanks for us. being here. This, so is so, <laughs> this is so exciting. And guys, um, I actually have met Zoha and Hannah before um, through a program called Learn, Serve International. And then I saw them last year in August. Um, through the T-Mobile Ashoka and T-Mobile Changemaker Challenge. And here they are with us today in the studio. So without further ado, uh, Hannah and Zoha, tell us about her and what you all are doing through your work. So um, as you mentioned earlier, the purpose of her is to bridge the educational gap um, between public girls and boys schools in developing countries and we do that by creating libraries that are sustainable they have teachers or librarians who run them and they also come with quality learning materials mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so her just like Zoha said her is like a nonprofit that we started when we were 14 in high school um, we can that's get, amazing by <laughs> the way. Thank you. but we can get more into how we met um, later in the podcast um, but I can kind of like walk you through the process of building a library and exactly how it works so people can understand that before that would be great that was my that was my first question (laughs) like well how do you create a library you know a mobile library or any kind of library um in a country Mm -hmm. outside of the united states exactly so the process is twofold the first part is what happens here in the u.s at home um and we really just start by getting as many people as involved as we can within our work and with our nonprofit by educating and illuminating them um, about like the challenges that girls face in the mm-hmm. developing world. Um, and we have a couple her clubs in the DMV and one in Morocco and Casablanca and in Islamabad, which is really so exciting. Cool. Yeah, and the her clubs are what really um, kind of is the foundation of our nonprofit because the more people we have, kind of the more impact that we can make. And that's really, really exciting. And so the her clubs and us um, collect books for the libraries. Um, in English, and then we purchase with the money that we raise some books in the host country. Mm-hmm. And then here in the States, we also raise money through um, different fundraisers and with some competitions and grants that we've gotten. Those are our main two ways of fundraising um, and collecting books and then spreading the word. So kind of those are our three main goals here. Um, like Hannah said, it really is a team effort, and we have a lot of people on the ground in the countries that we work in that are helping us to get the resources there, um, like Hannah mentioned, to pur- purchase some of the resources in the country, um, and then help us assemble everything. Um, so, for example, the Pakistani embassy in D.C. Mm-hmm. helps us transport the books for free to Pakistan, That's which amazing. is it really is amazing. Um, such a big benefit that we don't have to pay for shipping mm-hmm. um, and that we can really rely on them to get the books there um, to the people we need to get them to. And then we have other nonprofits such as the Maternal and Child Welfare Association of Pakistan um, and the Atlas Cultural Foundation in Morocco who have helped us identify communities and schools 
um, with a need for the libraries that we build. Um, and then we also try to target schools which are willing to really incorporate the libraries into students' lives. Mm -hmm. And we identify teachers in each school um, or community workers who are willing to be trained as librarians so that the libraries are sustainable, not just for the current generation of students, but for future generations. Wow. Um, we also have carpenters that we work with to create brand new bookshelves and desks and chairs in each of the libraries. That's um, wonderful. Now, the carpenters, you. are they based in Pakistan? Yeah, so oh, we have okay. one carpenter in Pakistan who travels to all of the various locations in which we build libraries. And how, did she, you, how did you all find a carpenter? <laughs> like, just through, um, my family is actually from Pakistan, and so he was someone who ha had helped my grandmother just do repairs in her house, and we really trusted him and knew that he was really skilled, mm -hmm. so we decided to ask him to jump on board. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you all definitely mobilize everyone around you. And I know when you all go to college, which we'll talk about later, um, you'll definitely continue to mobilize um, your peers to, to help out in this major way. Now, <clears throat> one of my questions I'm very interested in is, you know, th this is such phenomenal um, work that you're doing to create uh, sustainable libraries that will last hopefully for generations to come um, in 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 locations that may not have access um, to to certain resources or as many books um, as they do now um, with your libraries but I'm curious um, can you elaborate on what are some of the challenges um, that young girls face or potentially face when it comes to pursuing or receiving um, or earning education uh, in Pakistan or, or any other um, uh, countries that you're aware of? And how did you find out, you know, like who, who told you or how did you find out about these challenges? Well, when I was in seventh grade, that was when Malala Yousafzai was spreading her message I about remember. girls' education. Her, yeah, her story just went exactly. everywhere. Wasn't exactly. she a peace? She won a Nobel Peace Prize, She right? did, yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And how yes. old was she um, when she did that? She was a teenager. Okay. Yeah. I see. I see. Um, I believe she was a teenager. Um, but I was really awestruck by everything that she was doing. Um, and so I decided to research girls' education for a speech that I was writing for my middle school. And um, I have family in Pakistan, which is where she is from, and I learned stories about two of my own aunts and their difficulties with education. Um, so two of my aunts, uh, when they were 14, were forced out of school mm -hmm. and forced to work in the home and provide for their families while um, the money that they would earn would go towards their two brothers' private school tuition. So that's how... Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I wanted to learn more. And so then I went back to Pakistan um, in 2014, and I interviewed some politicians, policymakers, teachers, and students um, in Pakistan about why there was this educational gap. And I think the Western media um, usually focuses on cultural issues and religious issues for why girls are not in um, school in developing mm -hmm. countries. But what I found was that Many um, of those conservative villages, they wanted their girls to 
get education, but they just didn't have the resources because mm-hmm. the government was not allocating those resources appropriately. And they were supporting boys' public schools more so than girls' girls. schools. Um, So then that's when I met Hannah, and then we decided that in order to really bridge the gap, we need to be focusing not on, you know, the cultural aspects, which are usually highlighted in the media, but on just allocating resources effectively. Yeah, resource alignment is so key to, Mm -hmm. to education. I mean, you really... They, they're they almost both one and the same. Like, yeah. You can't necessarily further your education without having the resources. So, wow, that's amazing that you were so passionate about this, that you went home, you went to your, is were you born? I was born in the U.S., but my okay. parents were in pa- born in Pakistan, mm-hmm. so I go there all the time. That's amazing. And then Hannah, yes. so how did you both meet? And Hannah, how, uh, what sparked your passion for uh, this work for, um, providing resources and books and materials um, for young girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, before we get to that, I just wanted to add sure. to, like, the one, what Zoha was saying. Sure. Um, how she was kind of, like, talking about allocating resources. Well, I think, like, when we started her, we kind of wanted to solve, you know, improving the entire quality of girls' education. And they had this really broad mission statement. We wanted to work with a lot of schools. And, you know, it was kind of too big. But we were able, through our research and through Zoha's research, to kind of choose libraries <clears throat> and target this one specific area because they're sustainable, accessible, and cost-efficient. And um, that's really helped us kind of directly target the beneficiaries and their needs as Mm -hmm. opposed to having a really broad mission statement, kind of create this, like, space where they can explore and read and learn. Um, So that's just kind of when we came together. And um, I got inspired to do this work when I came to high school and I went to Sidwell Friends School. And Mm -hmm. There, I was just really, really thankful for my education and recognized that it was a gift and a gift. And I, I had the responsibility, basically, to give back. And um, I just love the excitement of social entrepreneurship from, like, the creativity and the innovation. And then combined with a really social mission, social mission, so you know that you're making an impact and you're just working with a lot of other organizations to kind of fit together pieces of a puzzle and, like, the puzzle being the impact that you're making. And that's just been such a like great joy to work with Zoha and do our work and we really hope we're going to continue it. That's so awesome and I can tell that you both are passionate and that you're enjoying this work and and that's such a beautiful thing and I hope it just continues <laughs> for as Thank long you. as it possibly can. Um, so you all met in high school mm-hmm. and how how did how, what was the like how did you all end up meeting through what was We're an organization we met freshman year and um i think we both i just really really liked that she was really passionate about girls education and like really wanted to make a difference she wasn't really just talking about it and i think we both or at least i know i really connected that we both dreamed really big and we wanted to make those kind of dreams happen yeah and hannah's worth that work ethic definitely inspired me because i saw her in the classroom um and also on the track and in cross country and just mm-hmm. seeing her just put 110% of her effort into everything she did really inspired me. Wow. That's so beautiful. The synergy is just amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, you guys. Um, now, tell us a bit about um, the impact that you've had thus far. Like how many, roughly, how many young girls have you reached? How many, you know, cities or countries have you planted these Um, sustainable libraries, you know. Yeah, so um, we have a total of 13 libraries so far. 
Um, That's amazing. (laughs) Crazy amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And 12 of them are located in Pakistan in various cities and villages, both urban and rural. Um, And we have one library in Morocco in the Atlas Mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, And our reach is approximately 20,000 young girls and boys. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And like Zoha can talk about like when she got to go to Pakistan and has witnessed a lot of those libraries being kind of created there and shaped and formed. And then I was actually able to go with Zoha to Morocco with that other organization and kind wow. of watch the formation of that really large community center library there. And that was just such an incredible experience to watch all the books that we'd brought and we bought books there and well in the local languages like French and Arabic and um, just work with the students Um, they were kind of away for some of the time but kind of shaped the library and mostly working with a lot of like the leaders in the community and um, a lot of young women who we were able to kind of inspire and help you know make them realize that they can be their own entrepreneurs in their little way so in their little way in their own way (laughs) so I guess my point about being little was just kind of these smaller acts of entrepreneurship can kind of turn into something bigger and that our nonprofit like now like creates libraries, but it also um, creates entrepreneurs as well. Yes. And then also, I'm sure that it has a really huge impact, probably more than you you can't even really quantify this, um, where, you know, young girls are seeing you as young as you are, they're seeing you do this. And I'm sure that they're wondering like, wow, like, wow. Like the fact that they're here, they came all the way here and, you know, they're talking to us and they're doing this and building this library. And, you know, I'm sure it inspires them like, oh, okay, well I can do something too. Or as you said, spreading, spreading the, um, social innovation bug, you know, and, and, and entrepreneurship bug. So that's really just phenomenal. And, I'm excited to see um, more as you all continue to um, go to different countries. And wouldn't that be so cool if, yeah. like, every developing country had a her education mm-hmm. library? Definitely, so, cool. That'd be amazing, and yeah. it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's like, really crazy to watch or see the impact that we've made in libraries, but also the people who've been kind of involved or um, donating money in any capacity. It's also been kind of inspiring to see. Um, the joy, I guess, that people have in this kind of work and the motivation that I think is there for a lot of people. They just don't maybe have the right avenue to get involved or they think maybe they're um, like too old or too young or something. They don't like fit some sort of mold, but just, you know, from like random strangers we meet who give us books or money or anything, there definitely is a lot of like joy and that this work brings people and a lot of kind of hope and inspiration. And so people have been really supportive of us, which is equally as inspiring. Of course, of course, I can only imagine. And you both also went through the program called LearnServe International. We did, yes. Um, so how did you all learn about LearnServe and what was that experience like? Well, we our cross-country coach was um, actually really involved with LearnServe. She had gone on a few service trips with Gabby. them. Gabby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, Gabby Gretzky. Shout out to Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so she was the one who told us about LearnServe, and we had already started her. Mm-hmm. So when we applied, we applied for the incubator program. Scott took us in, and we really found a home there. Nice. Shout um, out to Scott. Yeah, Scott Reckler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but LearnServe, I don't think we would have been able to make a lot of the impact that we did without the guidance of LearnServe because they really helped us solidify our mission and helped us create connections like our connection to mm-hmm. the Atlas Cultural Foundation in Morocco that was actually formed at a LearnServe event. Sweet. So Sweet. this whole journey has been incredible and 
Scott and Gabby and everybody at LearnSurf has really supported us so well, and Yasmin as well. Oh, thank you. I I haven't done (laughs) as much, but but I can definitely help help in my, you know, own way and help to promote and, you know, who knows what's next. I'm trying to think. So LearnSurf. Yeah, there's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the ones who connected us to the, the um like change maker challenge and yeah. kind of planted that really yeah like change making seed within oh, us nice. and now we've taken that whole social socially minded socially conscious change making innovative mindset to the libraries and to the students so their message is kind of being carried around the world I think which is oh really wow cool. I know that that John I know that AKA Batman over <laughs> at T-Mobile is going to be excited <laughs> to hear that I know he is um so you know entrepreneurship um young people like yourself who are resilient and passionate about what you do we have a tendency to just because we love what we do make it look very easy and it and it looks very glorious um which it is it's very uplifting and inspiring Mm -hmm. but at the same time there are some challenges that we face and so i'm just curious if you could share maybe one or even two challenges that you faced in this work at some point and how you've been able to overcome those challenges um i would say first one challenge that we had was just not being 18 years old <laughs> for the first four years of um, of running yeah, the that's nonprofit. That's I can imagine. Yeah. So navigating um, paying taxes and the, with the IRS and getting 501c3 status, all of that was just... You all had to pay taxes through her? Um, not taxes, but like uh, just filing oh, yeah, things filing with the like I- IRS. Exactly. Easy 990s and all that. Exactly. Yeah, you all yeah. Learned, yep, I yeah. feel you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was quite difficult. Uh-huh. Um, and did y'all have a fiscal agent at first? So or? we started to work with LearnServe, um, but w- one of the challenges was that we work in sensitive areas like Pakistan and Morocco. So there were a lot of memorandums of understanding, a lot of legal documents that we had mm. to go through. Um and a lot of expanding our organization in ways that we didn't even anticipate at first. Um, but now we're 18, so we can file for 501c3 status ourselves. Oh, you couldn't mm-hmm. do that before you were 18? No, we no. couldn't. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, well, I'm sure yeah. that that law is going to change sooner rather than Hopefully. later. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many young people exactly. who are starting their own businesses or mm-hmm. social enterprises or nonprofits. I didn't even know exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I guess kind of to go off of being young, I think now that we're 18 and we have like created a bit of an impact, people trust us more, we're able to get more grants. But I think at the beginning, it was definitely hard with us being young and kind of people doubting our intentions or doubting what we're doing. And then when we say, you know, we were starting a nonprofit, I mean, this was Zoha and I coming up with a crazy idea. We were sitting in her room, we're like, okay, how do we make a website? Let's just (laughs) find some cheap website subscription online that right. we made ourselves and we're like okay we're just set up a gofundme page and try and raise money and then we're like okay we're gonna contact her aunt and her grandma in pakistan and see if they, they know anyone that we can work with there and okay let's join some outside of school you know incubator accelerator um so i think at first you know people are kind of doubting like oh how did this get started why mm-hmm. are you doing it you know you're way too young but i mean this is definitely just kind of so night. Like, okay, we're going to we're gonna just think of these crazy ideas and see what we can do. I love yeah. that. And, and I can totally relate. Like, ageism is a real thing. And I don't think people, I don't know if they intend to do it. It just mm-hmm. kind of comes out like, so, yeah. you know, how old are you? It, it's, like, it's sort of this idea that your, your 
age somehow limits your ability to carry out a mission that's larger than yourself. But we know that that there are no limits, that that's not that's not a truism that, you know, young people of any age, um, if they're passionate about a, a topic or an issue that they can raise money, that they can. create partnerships that they can create a nonprofit that they can travel across the country and partner with people you know from different places and and um, really do some amazing transformative work so kudos to the both of you I mean you you all are all stars (laughs) and it's beautiful to see you know a friendship uh, such as yours that started um, in high school and has really blossomed and now you all are 18. Yes. And you've just graduated from high school. Indeed. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And that means that you will be, be freshmen in college yeah. in the mm-hmm. fall. And you're, li- you're leaving next week, right? Hannah's leaving oh. next week. Sunday. Or this week. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'll be gone in two weeks. Wow. So tell us a little bit more. You know, tell us what, um, what, what uh, universities that you're attending, you'll be attending in the fall. And maybe if you know what your major, intended major is and what you kind of think that experience might be like for you. And also what you might do with her at your, at your universities. Um, I will be a Stamp 1693 scholar at William & Mary this fall. Um, I'm planning on majoring in either international relations or government, something related to... That makes total to, sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you you could be like an ambassador or, <laughs> or something like that. Both of the, Wow, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, Hannah and I are hoping to start her clubs at Duke and William and & Mary and continue um, this mission. And we still have to get to college, so we have to do the fine-tuning once we get there. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah, we're <laughs> planning on continuing it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm going to be attending Duke University in Ooh, North Carolina. Right. What's this, a blue, blue devil? Blue devil. Blue devil. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and um, I plan to major in electrical and computer engineering, and wow. that um, will give me kind of the STEM skills, mainly kind of technology um, I guess opportunities out of that and working a lot with technology so I can kind of incorporate um, mainly the engineering mindset and the ability to kind of solve complex problems in com- um, and then to like, working a lot with computers and understanding technology um, and like three kind of the entrepreneurship that's with engineering and hopefully I can bring that mindset and skill set to her and our work and kind of maybe incorporating some sort of technology into our libraries. Um, yeah, and yeah. we obviously, yeah. like Zoe said, definitely going to continue her and try and mobilize resources at both campuses so we can make, have a better impact. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh, I am so thankful and to go to Duke. I'm so excited. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> and especially in college, there's so many more, um, I don't know how you say, but let's just say globally aware yeah. or, mm-hmm. or folks yeah. who, you know, they're interested, they want to study abroad and everything. and. Um, I know that they'll really, and professors and yeah. your peers, I know that they'll really stand behind you and support what you're doing and, and want to be a part of it as well. Um, like I remember at Elon University, we had Periclean scholars and each mm-hmm. each um, Periclean cohort had a different country that they selected. Oh, wow. So you could probably go, you know, you can go up in William & Mary and say, hey, this year we're going to focus on Pakistan <laughs> yeah. or Morocco or where, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's great. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway, that's just, I'm so excited for the both of you. Um, this Thank is a you. very exciting time. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a little nerve wracking at first. Try to get your bearings with studying and, you know, making new friends and trying to figure out what class is like, what what building is yeah. what class <laughs> yeah. is. Um, but it's going to be fun. Um, how can others get involved with her? Very good question. Um, so as Hannah mentioned earlier, we have a few her clubs in the area. So if you are a high school student, middle school student, elementary school student, or just want to be involved in her club, um, you can find more information about that at our website, which is her-education.org. And you could also get involved through donating um, for our libraries because it requires a lot of money to actually make mm -hmm. um, the infrastructure for all of these schools. Um, you could also get involved by donating books. And again, there's information about that on our website. Yes. So if you know us, like you can come talk to us. But if not, <laughs> just go straight to our website. Um, there's ways to like donate. You can definitely email us. We can answer like, any questions you have about entrepreneurship or wanting to get involved. We just love working with a lot of people and bring people on the team and different organizations or if you want to donate books, really anything, just yeah. go to our website and yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What does the future look like for her? Do you, you know, what's the blue sky dream? Well, I would say just obviously building as many libraries as possible. And um, in addition to that, making sure that the schools that we've already started to work with are um, equipped continually with all of the resources that they need. So if there's a need for technology at one of our beneficiary schools, then we're able to provide that in the future. Um, or if we need uh, new training programs for our librarians, then we can do that. Um, and my goal also in the future is to focus on one school and really provide everything for that school mm -hmm. because there have been so many um, places that I've seen in Pakistan where the teachers say, you know, thank you so much for this library. We're so grateful for this. Um, is there any way that we could also have an air conditioning system or mm -hmm. you could help us out with the plumbing here uh, and we just haven't been able to do that so far but I think I that see. if we could do that one day in the future that would really be amazing well you, there's a STEM mm. the STEM queen yeah. right yeah. here with the technology <laughs> so that oh yeah. wow that's amazing this is so exciting well ladies thank you so much for joining us um, thank you for sharing some of your story and the amazing work that you're doing um and also tell us where we can find you on social media and tell us your website one more time. So our website is um, her-education.org. And we also have a Facebook at Her Education. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Her-education.org. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, Hannah and Zoha. Congratulations again. And we hope to see you soon. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thanks for having us. <laughs> it is a pleasure for you to be here. I'm, I'm glad to have you. You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Until next time, peace.